With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here, along with the Mark Webber. Dub them ease. And we are back for another edition of the Onside Kick right here on Most Valuable Podcast. And Mark, before we get into everything that I have to say, I got to lean over a little bit. Give me a mm-hmm. high five. You, you want to know why I'm giving you a high five? It was more of like a touch of the fingers right yeah. there. Table is longer than you think. Our Memphis Express... Got a win this weekend. We have two wins a on the season. Big weekend, a big win in Johnny Manziel. We're no longer uh, dead last. In, no. in, actually, we probably are because we've lost to both the the, the Stallions legend. and the Legends. Yeah. Um, so we probably are still technically last. But we won though, and that's we got mm-hmm. as the Twitter said for the Memphis a Express. Tied for last. It, we got revenge over the Birmingham Iron, which was huge. And just Johnny gotta Man- win every game from here on out. And Johnny Manziel played, which was uh, for me very exciting. Although he was not the one, I saw that we won on like a final mm-hmm. overtime catch. I was like, "Oh my god, please tell me Johnny Manziel threw it." And then I realized he didn't throw it, and I got really sad inside. I'm so not I sad. Re- I, I personally don't like cheering for Johnny Manziel. I was ready to say Johnny's back. Johnny mm-hmm. football is back. Um, but yes, our Memphis Express get the win. I had to um, kind of celebrate here at the beginning of the podcast. And if you're new and you're like, whoa, what kind of a podcast is this? It's a pro football podcast. We talk NFL, a little bit of sprinkling of AFL if there's uh, some the news Alliance. going on. The AFF. Alliance. AAAF. AAF. I keep calling it the, the Alliance. Just call it the it's, Alliance. It's just going to happen. Just the Alliance. So they ju- don't even want you to say AAF. They, they want you to say Alliance. They do say that. Like I, yeah. The last commercial I saw, Heinz Ward was like the Alliance. I was like the AAF. That's why I say. That's why it's I say AAF. the Alliance com. every time. I might start saying that because much like how because I, Alliance probably is already a website. Much like how I uh, mispronounce names on the mm-hmm. podcast and add letters to stuff. If I just say AFL, just do what you do, Mark. Just. Step right in and correct me. Gotcha. Um, one of these days, I will get it right. We're a pro football t- podcast talking about NFL and a sprinkling of the alliance here and there. And we got a jam-packed show for you guys. Before I get into that, though, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. That's where you can go ahead and support MVP. We've got tons of rewards for you, or tons of rewards for you guys, $10 tier. Every time you're at it, you can actually join a podcast talking about what you would like to talk about each and every month. You are at that reward. And also, we are coming up with some new ones and kind of revamping some stuff. The 1st first of, first of July, which is a less April. than a week away. I first of April. First yeah. of April. Less July than a week is a away. long ways away. Dude, it has been. It's one of those days to where I was like, my plan was to come mm. home from work, play the division, come to the podcast and eat in between there. My plan became come home from work, eat, lay down, come to the podcast. So I did not get my division in. 
Um, it's one of those times where you say, it's been a long week. Ricky, it, it's Tuesday. It, it has been. It's been a long week, and it's just, the month is just going to get longer because it's draft month, and uh, April usually kills us here for the NFL being the last kind of home run stretch until we get to the draft at the end of the month. But we're talking the Giants. Should they take a quarterback in the first round, and should that quarterback be Daniel Jones with the 17th overall pick. We're also going to take a look at, with Gronk retiring, is that going to affect Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson, where they go in the NFL draft this year. Then we're going to round everything out looking at Greedy Williams. Mel Kuyper had his mock draft today, had Greedy criminally low in my mind. Um, We're going to talk about best fits for Greedy Williams and where he could be drafted in the NFL draft. But, Mark, let's get into it, talking about the Giants, and this is a team now has two picks, um, as we had on our mock draft last week. Go ahead, check that out on our YouTube page and on podcast services around the world. And the, I'm trying to see here, it was the owner of the New York Giants. So this is Mara making these comments. This is what he had to say about drafting a quarterback in the NFL draft. He said, we're not going to get into we're not going to get into we like this player at number six in the first round of the draft. We like these two at 17. Yes, we are definitely going to address the quarterback in this draft. The plan is to build a team and make it better. I don't know why that is such an issue with you guys or with the fans. That is the plan. I want to ask you, there's several different news um, sites out there saying Daniel Jones could be the guy at 17. Before we branch out and say where the Giants take a quarterback, should it be Daniel Jones with the 17th overall pick via Cleveland? No. It's a a stupid suggestion, and I'm not blaming you because it's not coming from you, Mm -hmm. but it's a stupid suggestion to say that the Giants, who have number six overall, uh, a spot where they could potentially draft... A, uh, a quarterback like Dwayne Haskins, even Kyler Murray, who I'm not a crazy fan about. Uh, you can draft one of those guys, or you can get like the fifth-ranked quarterback in the draft at 17 overall. That makes no sense to me. If you were to say, should they draft Daniel Jones in the second round, mm-hmm. I would say probably not, but it's worth considering. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jan- Daniel Jones is not going to be an NFL starter. Here's the thing about Daniel Jones, and the reason I can say that is because he has bad accuracy issues. He had them in the uh, what a- ACC. That yep. is, if you have accuracy issues in the ACC, you're going to have some even worse accuracy issues in the NFL. Um, there's no question about that. And he had a great head coach and uh, David Cutcliffe over there to help him out. But that's where the connection comes in. Nobody actually should believe that the Giants are going to draft him, but this is where it's coming from. So he not only attended um, the the Manning Passing Academy as a counselor, mm-hmm. uh, which therefore he got to have the connection to the name Manning, but mm-hmm. Eli Manning was there throwing to Duke receivers. Therefore, they're like, well, he's a Duke quarterback, and this is a quarterback of the Giants. Yeah, sure, this makes sense. And then using that plus the combination of uh, David Cutcliffe having worked with Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, um, they're just being like, it's just Manning. Yeah, throw him to the Giants. 
that's the only loose straw people are grasping at uh, for for David Jones. Even first of all, possibly being drafted in the first round, which doesn't make sense. But second of all, going to the Giants, a team that can, if they really desperately need and want a quarterback, and they can't get it at six, you got two first round picks. Trade them, move up. Mm-hmm. And the thing I'm trying to look at right now is so. When it comes to his accuracy mm-hmm. in the short game, phenomenal. Phenomenal accuracy. But most people say, well, Ricky, on slants and stuff, yeah. how hard is it to throw a slant? Pretty damn hard because I can't do it. Um, but it's the deep mm-hmm. throws where he was You don't make a living in the NFL wild. throwing for five yards. Well, and that's the question that I just kind of popped in my head. And right now I'm trying to look at the splits to see – Case Keenum in his Viking season, not mm-hmm. the Denver season. And I wonder if that could be the case for Daniel Jones is if the Giants took him at 17, could it be a good fit in New York with Pat Shermer if Pat Shermer is a guy? Because, I mean, yeah, the Minnesota miracle was deep down the field, but yeah. – from my recollection, I don't remember Case but that Keenum was even, blowing it up down the it field. It was, you know, deep down the field, but it also benefited. It's not like the guy blew past a a corner and a safety. Yeah. It was a kind of freak, I'm making a dumb I'm, play yeah, on I'm, the defense. I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. that wasn't a um, yeah. short He pass. didn't have to throw it 60 yards Hail yeah. Mary Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers style. But I like that you bring up the, uh, the fact of the Pat Shermer run first offense. Uh, something that Shermer did very well with in Minnesota, and Saquon Barkley is there in New York. There's a reason why Saquon Barkley is there, um, and, and that's part of the reason why I wouldn't have been surprised to see the New York Giants try to go and get Case Keenum because mm-hmm. uh, he worked well with uh, with Shermer before. When Daniel Jones was most successful, it was because of run-pass option and play action. That's when he was best, when there was the threat that they were going to run it. That's what worked best for him. He could have that in New York, without a doubt. So, really, if you're going to talk about best fits, which we're going to do for another player later mm-hmm. on in this podcast, a best fit for Daniel Jones is New York. Because mm-hmm. he can be there. Eli Manning can still play this year. He learns a little bit. Then he can go out there and just kind of be a dink and dunk type of quarterback. The problem is, that doesn't last that long. And let's really look at Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. So this is something that uh, Sean Anderson really would love to do after the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. Do we really think Saquon Barkley is going to stick around in New York once his contract is up? And he's he's still got years to go. He's This is going to be his second year. He's going to have a while to go still. He's not a free agent. Just throwing it out there for what, 23 the listeners probably? at home. He will not be a free agent until 23 when he is a 26-year-old running back. Which is fine, but I'm just thinking of the, you know, if if we're relying on a good running game Mm -hmm. and it's going to be a rebuild, and this is kind of going from the people who are really mad at the New York Giants, he might be saying, no, I'm out of here, if that rebuild doesn't happen fast enough. Mm-hmm. Is kind of my fear. Yeah. Uh, and I don't necessarily know how long it's going to take. So there is that out there. I put it out there because you can't draft a quarterback in the first round at 17 overall to say, 
we have a good running back and he'll do okay. Mm-hmm. If you're drafting a quarterback in the first round, it's because you believe he is going to go out there and win you games despite whatever else is on the field. Unless the only the only thing that's not like that mm-hmm. is if it's like a Lamar Jackson, Teddy Bridgewater type situation. More so, Lamar Jackson. Kind more, of. Hey. I'm mm-hmm. only trading up to the very last pick of the first round so I can get but that 50 But you still option. believe that that guy can win you games. Mm-hmm. The Ravens believed Lamar Jackson would win them games. That's why they benched Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Teddy Bridgewater is a little bit of a different case because there wasn't really much competition in Minnesota. Yeah. You don't draft a guy like Daniel Jones saying, he's really good as long as we don't throw it more than 10 yards. Yeah, and I mean, for me, how I'm looking at this giant situation is like, if you look at... Our mock draft from just a week ago. I had them, just like you, going with the quarterback at number six. Dwayne Haskins there. Go ahead and take him. Because to me, the number one need on this team is a quarterback. And you need a quarterback to be successful in the NFL. And this draft class, it's like Murray, Haskins, depending on who you are, you have them flipped. But Murray and Haskins... Then Drew Locke, who there's kind of some inklings that he could be rising into top 10 territory. Out of need um, more than anything else. Out of need. And like Todd McShay talked about, and I know Brandon and I um, this week on the PTP looked at, will he be a top 10 pick? And I only said he will um, if someone trades up for him. Um, But he could be somebody that sits a year, learns, and I have more faith in Drew Locke being a better quarterback than Daniel Jones, kind of to bring a WWEism or a WWE saying into this podcast. When I look at Daniel Jones, at best, he is a B plus player. He's what they used to say about Daniel Bryant. You're nothing but a B plus player, Daniel Bryant. I don't understand any of these references. Basically, Daniel mm. Bryant was called a B plus player, and he outshined his B plus uh, is pretty B good. Plus play. Yeah, but now he's a superstar. Like, he's I would a WWE I would superstar. say Daniel Jones is like a C. <laughs> I would at say best. no, no. I'm saying at like his ceiling, mm-hmm. like he has done everything right. The highest he will ever get is a B plus player to me. Is that where he's going to go? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if everything goes right and he maxes out all of his potential, he could be a B-plus player at the most. However, I could see Daniel Mm. Jones also being Blake Bortles, who is drafted in the first round. I think that's a much more accurate comparison. Kind of, hey, I'm on this team, and then fizzles out because the team— Blake Bortles got onto a team because it was just a let's draft quarterbacks kind of draft, Mm -hmm. which is— Feeling like this might be. But two things I want to bring up. Uh, speaking of other quarterbacks. So you bring it up perfectly. Me and you both had the Giants going with Dwayne Haskins, number six overall. Well, The thing I was going to get mm-hmm. to that was, I didn't get to finish that point, is the only reason why mm-hmm. I would see them not going quarterback there is if they looked at a different need like, and I'm going to list the five that NFL.com has written down, defensive line, cornerback, wide receiver, offensive line. Which they could get a great one at any of those positions. Exactly. If they see the, like, and I'm just going to look at mine. If they see a Rashawn Gary, if they see a Greedy Williams, if they see a Jonah Williams, they see a DJ Metcalf. Those are literally the four I have after that. If they see Mm -hmm. that and go, hey, I'd rather have that than a quarterback, we can get that at 17. We can even get a quarterback if we like Will Greer, we could get him in the second round. We still can even just get one next year. Exactly. 
exactly. We mm-hmm. still have Eli. We are not like we are not going to be good with Eli. There's a chance we're a top five team in the draft next year as well. There's also no, it's Eli Manning though. Let's not let's not put our money on that because there's I also hear- a chance that you'll win six seven games with Eli Manning. True, like he's good, good enough. There's a solid chance you're a top 10 possible top five. Especially with the Giants, how they were looking once they actually felt comfortable with Pat Shermer. They could be like at, at most an 8-18. Eight eight so then do you have to draft a quarterback in this draft? Not if you don't like him. But let me let me bring up Go another ahead. point. So we have two interesting things going on in our drafts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, with the Giants as well, have Kyler Murray going number one overall in your last mock draft. Yeah, and that's, and a, that's the not even a, I don't think they should do that. I think they will do it. Yeah, so so there there's an option. But let's say Dwayne Haskins. Let's say that the, um, I don't know, the Broncos, mm-hmm. the, the Dolphins, the Redskins, whoever, somebody trades up. Yep. And somebody goes above the Giants. They trade with the Raiders. They trade mm-hmm. with the Bucks. Who cares? They trade up, and they beat the Giants. There's a real chance. I don't agree with it, but there's a real chance the Giants don't have an option. So they might have yep. their hand forced to say, okay, fine. We don't mind. We'll go ahead and take Quinn and Williams at number six because someone traded up, and now he's available. Mm-hmm. Or Josh Allen or, or whoever, Greedy Williams. At 17, they might be sitting there make with a very real choice of, do we go with a Drew Locke? Or maybe he's not even there. Maybe it was Daniel Jones. Yep. That is a very real thing that the Giants might face. Kind of like Buffalo with Josh Allen? A little bit. A little bit. Uh, although Josh Allen was the third quarterback. Like, And Josh mm-hmm. Allen, one of the main reasons why he did fall was because of the— he had the not exactly Laramie Tunsil, but the Laramie Tunsil-like thing of, here's the big thing that he said on Twitter the, years yeah, ago that dropped right the day of the draft. Um, Who's going to be that player this year? Yeah, there Place might be your one. bets now because uh, there's going to be one. Yeah, who knows? Uh, but so they have, they might not have. And in that case, I would say don't draft a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Just don't. You, you might get a guy if who Drew, you think he's a if project. If Drew Locke is there, you wouldn't draft him at six? I don't think Drew Locke is going to be a good enough quarterback either. Okay. I don't. I per, I'm not even 100% sold on Dwayne Haskins and Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. I think this draft should be more like the Geno Smith draft where – Teams were just like, hmm, it's a lot of good other players. Let's go with those. There's a lot of good other players. But that's probably not going to happen, you know, being realistic, because there's three teams that desperately need a quarterback uh, in the Redskins, the Dolphins, and the Giants. Those teams desperately need quarterbacks. Um, you can maybe throw the Broncos in there as a fairly desperately need a quarterback as well, and because they don't really think that Joe Flacco is the answer for the future. And just to look back in the way back machine, mm-hmm. um, when we look at the first off the Blake Bortles draft, because um, he was that was a we, big one. We mentioned him. Yeah. Well, the first pick in the draft was Jadavion Clowney, who. Loved it. Which is funny because we have a guy in the draft who the comment section doesn't agree with some ESPN scouts um, that the comment section on our mock draft says Montez Sweat is not going to be a top five, top ten pick. There are other people that say he has Clowney-esque ability um, and Clowney-esque kind of potential. Clowney went number one in that draft. First quarterback off the board was Blake Bortles at three. The other quarterbacks drafted behind him, I'm just going to throw out their names, Johnny Manziel at 22, Teddy Bridgewater at 23, Derek Carr at 36, Jimmy Garoppolo at 62, Mm -hmm. 
And then the next one after Jimmy G was Logan Thomas. So how's everybody feeling about that Blake Bortles draft class when it comes to quarterbacks? Jimmy G, that's it. Jimmy well, G, not even going to count him. He's an injured. He's an injured quarterback all the time. Played about six games. I like the last three, or not the, minus Logan Thompson. Mm. I like, like Jimmy Derek G, Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater, and Jimmy G. Right now, are in you the have same two guys got who injured. got injured, and luck comes into it. But in that case, you can't mm-hmm. blame the GM for drafting somebody who got injured. Exactly. But you can't say it was a good draft pick either because of the injury. I mean, it was a good pick until they got a injured. Good pick though. at the time. I'll give you a good pick at the time, but it didn't pan out. And the Patriots were different because they, they didn't want have Jimmy G anymore. They wanted the draft capital. And really, then, Derek Carr is the only quarterback in that situation that's done anything. And then the year before that was the weak quarterback and that's class not even of Geno Smith of where the top two picks were Eric Fisher and Luke Jokel. Yeah, Offensive tackles fun. went one and two. And the quarterbacks were EJ Manuel at 16, then Geno Smith at mm-hmm. 39. The he third, almost didn't even come back. Mm-hmm. The third quarterback was Mike Lennon at 73. Then Matt Sparkles Barkles, who could have mm-hmm. been the number one pick a year before, fell to the fourth round and it was 98. And then we had three go in that fourth round after him of Ryan Nassib, Tyler Will- Wilson, and Landry Jones. That was just a people going, oh, yeah, I remember that name type of draft because mm-hmm. those were all useless quarterbacks. I bring that up because, and it, I, first of all, I think it's funny that I refer to that as the Geno Smith draft, mm-hmm. but EJ Manuel went first. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, I, I think remember, of it as the EJ Manuel, mm-hmm. not in the league. Yeah, five pick Peterman still in the league. Exactly. I think of that as the Geno Smith draft because Geno Smith made such a big pouty deal about it, and I'm not even going to come back next tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then he came back. Uh, but anyways, we could potentially have a draft like that though, and, and I bring that up not necessarily that there's only going to be one quarterback taken because mm-hmm. at the very least. Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins are both being taken. Unless something drops on Twitter where we're like, oh, that's right, Kyler Murray admitted to murdering three people on Twitter five years ago. Mm -hmm. Unless something like that happens, these guys are both going. But I don't believe the Cardinals are taking him. I've said that a million times. Kingsbury just, and this might be smokescreen too, so we got to throw that out there, Mm -hmm. but he just said that it's a lie that, uh, or it's a misconception that Rosen doesn't fit the Arizona Cardinals system. Well, and that's another. It option. could be a smokescreen, well, but they might just keep him because realistically they should keep him because they just drafted him. However, that's another option too for the Giants. Is let's say the Cardinals take Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. All right, do we try to trade for Rosen? Do you guys want seventeen? Give us Rosen. Well, exactly. Or something like, do we try to or trade for Rosen? If you really think Rosen's so shitty, you can have our third round pick for him. Exactly, uh, because they've driven down their own price. I still think when it comes down to it, and I'm willing to be wrong. I mm-hmm. still think Rosen is their quarterback next year. So let's just say that he is. They don't draft him. 49ers don't do it. Jets don't do it. We're assuming no trades. Raiders don't do it. Bucks don't do it. Giants, you got your pick of the litter. Mm-hmm. Which one do you want? And if you really want to be risky, which they shouldn't probably do, uh, because they'll have the Broncos, you know, the Dolphins, even the Bengals, the Redskins all before them, they could just say, no, we're still going to take that defensive player we like or whatever it is mm-hmm. and hope for the best towards the end but that's probably not going to happen in that case they would just take whichever one they want and the reason on my phone as i'm looking i saw a tweet from shefty Mm -hmm. today where he said um cardinals head coach cliff kingsbury on what he likes about kyler murray i mean i guess it's more of what you don't like when you watch him play 
I mean, he can run, he can throw, he's a competitor, he's one of the he's one of the better. Oh, that's a reply. Um, he's one of the better dual threat players to ever play. Of course, not really saying much of it. Kind of like what Brandon said mm-hmm. when we talked about Drew Locke when I asked him about um, one of the quotes that the Dolphins GM made. He said, well, he didn't tell us anything. Cliff Kingsbury didn't tell us anything, but I think he kind of has shown his hand a little bit there. Because to me, and of course, smoke screens are everywhere, but to me, I feel like the Cardinals are falling in love with Kyler Murray, and I think they're going to take him number one. To me, the question is for the Giants is, do you even need to take a quarterback in the first round? Which I am starting to kind of fall back on. Maybe you don't. And the reason why I say that is if you look at the Giants right now, they have the sixth overall pick. They have the 17th overall pick. They have the 37th overall pick as well. And in that case, you end up with probably Daniel Jones. Well, no. What I'm saying is, what about Will Greer? Will Greer's a quarterback where Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he's going to be the next best thing, but I will say on my personal quarterback board, if I had to rank the quarterbacks right now, it would be... Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins right there at the top. That's your tier one. Drew Locke is your tier two. Mm-hmm. Then Will Greer, then Daniel Jones. Like, that's how I look at it. Well, I, Will Greer to me if I'm the Giants, is above Daniel Jones, and I mm-hmm. can get that in the second round, not have to wait a, waste the first If I'm the Giants, there. I'm still sitting there saying I can get something better at 36, I think, or 37. 37. I can get something better at 37 than a backup quarterback who might play, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hope in that case that I'm at the top of the draft next year. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, And Brandon brought this up on the PTP. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to, and obviously it sounds like you are with a statement like that, are you willing to roll the dice on that? Because there's no guarantee that you are at the top of the draft. I said it on this podcast. Up. Yeah, I said it on this podcast. They mm-hmm. give me an 8-8 eight eight team. Yep. Uh, they've got Eli Manning, who's a good quarterback. But it's a waste in my eyes to be one of these teams that, you know, like the Patriots. And I know the Patriots didn't for a different reason, so comment mm-hmm. section, you don't need to get mad at me, but uh, or Ricky in this case. But to be someone who has a Tom Brady, mm-hmm. so you draft Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo's never going to play. Yeah, you've He got only played because of a suspension. Of you've got the greatest of and all time. And I'm not saying that Eli Manning is the greatest of all time. He did mm-hmm. beat the greatest of all time twice, so therefore he's better. He's uh, Therefore he is two times as good as... Uh, Tom Brady, <laughs> but anyways, I'm not saying that uh, that Eli Manning is Tom Brady, not at all. But mm-hmm. I'm saying that you draft a Will Greer, there's a good chance he's not going to play because mm-hmm. Eli Manning will be okay enough uh, to keep his job. So if that happens and you just do all right, you go out there, you probably don't have a chance for a Tua or something like that. But who knows what the quarterback class really is going to look like next year? We have a full season of college football to play, mm-hmm. so you're going to hope. That that guy who was the fourth best quarterback in the draft is going to turn into the good one. You know, you can go through some of those draft classes again, and you don't really have to. Uh, But you could do it, and you could look at who's that fourth, fifth best quarterback in the draft. And how'd they pan out? Very rarely are they anybody who actually played. Mm -hmm. And very rarely do we get one of those drafts where, like, it was four guys in the first round. And when we do, those guys tend to be people like Jake Locker. And stuff like that, who nobody really is going to try and argue was a good quarterback. Um, I I just I look at that and I say it's just not worth it. And I hate to do it because 
I, I don't want to be that person that says if you don't draft the first or, be- or second best quarterback, then just don't bother. Mm-hmm. But you've got a lot of other needs. Work on those. Well, and here's the thing that I kind of look at as well is, and this could go for like this could go for Daniel Jones, but also this could go for the draft is a war room. Like there's a reason we call it the war room, and that is because teams are constantly battling each other to try to get the prospects that they want. And let's say the Giants go through. First off, if they like Dwayne Haskins. And he's there. And he's there. Well, if you don't like him, don't take him. But if you like him, go ahead and take him. Exactly. Um, but like you threw out a point, there could be an option where the Dolphins or Redskins or something trade with the Jets because the Jets have said, "Hey, we're open for business at three. Mm-hmm. Whoever wants it, come up and get it." And the thing that I think about is, let's say hypothetically, that happens. Kyler Murray. Dwayne Haskins off the board before the Giants get to six. Then I could see the Giants, if I'm the Giants, all right, we're not going to take a quarterback at six. Hell, I'm not going to take a quarterback at 17. I'm hitting two of my needs because I can get my needs at that point. The interesting thing, though, is does Daniel Jones or that fourth quarterback on the board, whether you have Greer, whether you have Jones, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Does that fourth quarterback – get to the 32nd overall pick. Do they get there? And if so, a possibility could be trading into the first round to get that 50-year option. And the two examples we got is, of course, the Ravens last year got a first and a fourth out of Philly, gave them their second rounder, which was the 52nd, and a fourth rounder, and a future second, which would be this year. What I could see the Giants trying to do is maybe, because their pick is closer to what Minnesota's was when they drafted Teddy Bridgewater, hey, we'll just take the 32nd, I'm not asking for more, um, and we'll give you a second and a fourth. That could happen. However, we're going to talk about this next and bring up this team also. Is that an option Because New England, with Gronk retiring, could we now take them out of, like, if New New England, we could just take them out of, hey, we're not trading this pick. Mm -hmm. If a tight end's here, we're we're freaking taking them because we need a tight end. To where now the trade-up team, it's like, well, it's not going to be the Patriots. Look at the Rams. Look at the Rams to be that team that a team tries to trade up to to get that fifth-year option. It's possible. It's possible that somebody does. But... I, I still am going to stand with my point of these guys. You know, you, you drafted Lamar Jackson because you truly believe Lamar Jackson can be your future quarterback. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Teddy Bridgewater. You truly believe they would be your, your actual quarterback. Uh, you know, you don't do that if you don't truly believe the guy's going to be your quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't really draft a guy if you don't truly believe it. Um, it would be my thought on that. But I just... The odds of a guy like a Will Greer or Daniel Jones actually making it mm-hmm. into a franchise quarterback, it's just it's too low for me to be willing to risk it. When you're a team that has that many needs you need to fill, mm-hmm. it's a lot of things the Giants need to do. And they made their team worse by getting rid of Odell Beckham Jr. They did it for draft capital, mm-hmm. but they made that team worse. Uh, Saquon Barkley is nice, but those boxes are going to be completely stacked. 
See, and that's why for me, if I'm the Giants, this is what I do. If du- if you love Dwayne Haskins, take him at six. That's option one. If you're not going to take Dwayne Haskins at six, or if he's not there by the time you get to six, don't take a quarterback. at. I'm now leaning towards the don't take a quarterback at six, don't take a quarterback at 17. Try to trade up with either the Patriots or the Rams, and the guy that I target is not Daniel Jones. I target a Will Greer. And the reason why I say that is everything that we have banged on Daniel Jones for not being, Will Greer has. Has the arm accuracy, makes terrific decisions, can sling the ball downfield. His biggest weakness to me is mechanics. And how do you fix mechanics? Let him sit behind Eli. You can you can fix mechanics by letting them sit and having a year mm. to work. I can't fix, hey, you can't throw the ball more than 10 yards in yeah. a passing league. And that's going to be Daniel Jones's huge downfall. Accuracy is, is tough. How are you going to do beyond 10 yards? And that's why if I'm the Giants, if Dwayne Haskins is there, take him at six. But if not, don't draft a quarterback in the first round. Take one with that second round pick or trade up to get that fifth-year option. What's your kind of final stance before we move on into some tight end talk? For the New York Giants, if you don't get a chance at Kyler Murray or or Dwayne Haskins, you probably just pass Mm -hmm. this year. Just punt the quarterback decision to next year. And there was an article I didn't get to mention. This is from BigBlueView.com where they said Mike Shula, the OC for the Giants, was on hand as Daniel Jones impresses at Duke Pro Day. But however... Look at Johnny Manziel. He had a phenomenal pro day. Yep. And what kind of a prospect did he become at the next Although level? Although that was his, mostly off his, the field. His was totally different, I will say, off the, the field. The scripts are nice. It's, it's very scripted. scripted. It's underwear football. Especially, I do remember, it's like he was jamming. The music's blaring. He's jamming mm. out, slinging those passes. Um, and we were all impressed after Johnny Menzel's pro day. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. What should the Giants do? Should they take Dwayne Haskins at six? If Dwayne Haskins is gone, should they go for Drew Locke at six? Should they target a Daniel Jones at 17? Should they not take a quarterback in the first round? New York fans, I want to hear from you. What do you guys think? Tell us down below in that comment section. And, Mark, let's move on into the next topic. Still staying in the draft because basically from here until we're the end of away. April, um, we're in draft mode. Um, it, there was an interesting thing that went on this week. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Rob Gronkowski, I don't know if you've heard of his name, Rob Gronkowski. That guy, um, uh, Mr. He, he's, a, he's a receiving weapon, I think, right? Yeah, Mr. Party Boy over here wants to uh, party all the time. Uh Announced his retirement. My girl likes to party all the time, too. <laughs> he is no longer going to be with the New England Patriots. The thing I want to look at is, first off, just real quick. He's no longer going to be with football. Yeah, not no just longer the Patriots. with football. Um, my question to you yeah. is just real quickly before we get into the draft part of this is, what was your thought when you saw that Rob Gronkowski was retiring from football? Uh, my thought was... Yeah, I know. We've been we've been talking about this for about three years now. <laughs> he he's been saying he was going to retire for like three years. All the surgeries, uh, right? And it's also that it's also good. You should retire because mm-hmm. you are falling apart. Uh, and he also wants to try and launch that acting career. Yeah. So well, he wants it, to be the next Dwayne the Rock Johnson. You know where he's going to be in about, or John Cena. You know where he's going to be in two weeks. 
He's going to be in New York. He's going to be at WrestleMania. Oh, he is going to. I didn't be, know that. Like Ronda Rousey leaves, Gronk comes in. I don't necessarily see. I mean, maybe he does. I don't. I don't know. I don't pay attention. It's. But kind, it's. Kind I don't of see fun. him going to WWE. I see him just trying to act like. I mean, like John Cena I mean, or like The Rock. he's been at Russell. I say that because he's been at WrestleManias before mm-hmm. um, and has that relationship. But I do find it funny that both there's Conor an, McGregor mm-hmm. I was gonna and say, there's Rob an opening in MMA. they both uh, they both retire, and the WWE isn't afraid to take retired MMA and mm-hmm. or football players and make them WWE wrestlers. And oh, did that many retired football players become WWE wrestlers? Dude, Roman Reigns used to play for the Vikings. I like, don't know. I don't watch Ro- wrestling. I think it was Roman Reigns used to play for the Vikings um, mm-hmm. way back in the day. One of the um, oh shoot, what were Mohawk from uh, something Warriors Attitude Era used to be. They're usually like offensive and defensive uh-huh. linemen. Um, but yeah, no, a lot of guys. Who, Brock Lesnar used to be a football player. Um, Man, Brock, Brock Lesnar Lesnar played for like a down exactly. These doesn't are, count. These are guys that weren't like big stars. That's my point. Though you don't players. you don't get they have the same you don't get Rob Gronkowski to go play, but they could. Rob Gronkowski could doesn't need to put his body out on that. Dude, they could. Though. He can just go be a cushy actor. Gronk could be the next Brock, though. Think about it. He could be the next part-timer that just comes out, and it's his personality. He don't have to put his body on the line. That's a conversation for a different day, Mm -hmm. though, because what I wanted to do is take this conversation of Gronk retiring and put it into the kind of retrospect of what does it mean for Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson. These are two guys that have been all over draft boards. I don't think you and I have bought in on the hype for TJ Hawkinson that others have. Like a Todd McShay has him in the top 10. Yeah, that's a little much. I don't much. know if he goes top 10. You had Hawkinson in our ne- in our last mock draft. You had Hawkinson at 32 to the Patriots. You had Noah Fant. Uh, where's Noah Fant? You had him 19 to the Titans, where I only had Noah Fant in my first round, and that was to the Raiders at 27. I want to ask you, though, with Gronk retiring, how does this affect or will it affect Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson and where they go in the NFL draft? Well, I think it affects it in the sense of 100% both these guys are going in the first round now. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no doubt in anyone's mind that they are. There's plenty of teams that could use a tight end. Um, and, and at least at 32 for the Patriots, it mm-hmm. was kind of like a sure thing. They'll draft one of them. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I sit there and I also think if people true if if it's not just a mock drafters mock drafting for mock drafts purposes, mm-hmm. uh, basically because I said that confusingly on purpose. Uh, if it's not just like I want to have T.J. Hawkinson go number one overall because I want to have it happen and I'm going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, no one's done that, but I'm sure someone will someday, right? Uh, if you're just going to put him in the top 10 to do it in there, that's one thing. But if you're putting him in the top 10 because you truly have heard and there truly is belief that GMs are willing to draft this guy in the top 10, which I don't really think is the case. But if it is, then sure. But otherwise, I don't really believe it. But either mm-hmm. way, I still think there are enough teams that will be willing to take. If you can tell me that, especially with some nostalgia of Gronkowski just retiring, if you can tell me that I can get the next Rob Gronkowski, then yeah, sure, I'll take a flyer on that in the first round. Mm-hmm. 
I'll do it if I'm a top 20 pick. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Um, Especially with what we've heard from Noah Fant's side. Mm-hmm. Of like, he's the athletic guy. Hawkinson's the production guy from Iowa. But here's my problem with it is how many times now have teams tried to gra- to draft the next Rob Gronkowski? Mm-hmm. And how many next Rob Gronkowskis do we actually have? None. It's kind of like drafting the next Tom Brady. Yeah. It's slim to none. In every draft, we say, like, here's the next Rob Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. We always find that tight end that could be it. And every time they try and do it, it doesn't really work out. Mm-hmm. So I, I sit there and I wonder about it. I'm like, are these two tight ends from Iowa really going to become the re- next Rob Gronkowski? I mean, he's probably... If you're not going to say the greatest tight end of all time, he's at the very least the second greatest tight end of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because I know everybody wanted to have that debate too. Um, so he's at least the best or second best. So that's like exactly what you're saying with Tom Brady. That's like going out there and saying, I'm going to go out and just draft me the next Tom Brady or Montana. You know, uh, that's probably not going to happen. Mm hmm. Let's be honest about that. It's hard enough to draft the next, you know, pick somebody who only won one. You know, even pick somebody who hasn't won any. It's hard enough to go out there and draft a Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Nonetheless, to get the next Tom Brady. I'm sitting here, though, and I am thinking to myself where, to me, there's five teams now that this affects. Mm-hmm. Um, and those teams, the first three are like the immediate, like if there was, let's say, a bomb went off. Yeah. The first three are in the dead zone. The other two are just outside of the dead zone. Like, you know what? This kind of affects us, but, whoa, at least we weren't by that blast. It's a weird analogy to use, but I used it anyways. Um, and the ones that are in the red zone are the Patriots, the Raiders, and the Packers. I'm going to flip Raiders and Packers. Patriots, Packers, and Raiders. And the reason why I say that is— I don't know why you're flipping the Packers. The Raiders have two, three picks above well, the Packers. I'm, I'm saying how, oh, how much the they Packers need have two. a tight end. The Packers end. have two picks. I um, forgot about but that. But how much they need a tight end. Like the Patriots, their tight ends now are Steven Anderson, Matt Lacoste, Illinois, throw it out there, um, Jacob Hollister, Ryan Izzo. Those are their tight ends right now with Gronk being gone. Mm-hmm. They need one desperately. The Packers, they have Jimmy Graham. They have Mercedes Lewis. However, Jimmy Graham hasn't been Jimmy Graham since he's been in Green Bay. Mercedes Lewis, how much are we really expecting out of him in a Packer uniform? You mean from in New Orleans for Jimmy Graham? He hasn't been the same yes, since he's been in New, New Orleans. Or- I, yeah. Well, he was in Seattle after yeah. New Orleans. And but that's even when so, the Packers Seattle wasn't. Um, you're right. Team. New Orleans was the one where he really made his name. The he pass hasn't been receiving option. Basically to throw a – and Dave, I know you're watching. Um, Dave used, used to always joke around with this, this really um, harsh joke because me and him made a trade in fantasy the one year. I mm-hmm. gave him Jimmy Graham, and then he gave me Gronk, and I won the fantasy football league. Um, and Dave says, well, the reason why that – Jimmy Graham didn't produce as he must have slept with Drew Brees' wife, and that's why Drew Brees didn't throw to him. Ever since that year, Jimmy Graham hasn't been Jimmy Graham. So I'm not expecting anything out of him. The Packers need someone. And then I look at the Raiders. They've got, what, Lee Smith, Derek Carrier, Darren Waller, and then Paul Butler. All three of those teams desperately need tight ends. Two on the outside, the Lions, because they run a two-tight end set, they have Jesse James, but really, who do they have behind him? And then the Jaguars, they run a two tight end set also. I'm looking at the depth chart. Uh, and their main guys are 
Jeff Sweam, Ben Koyak, Pharaoh McCleaver, and James O'Shaughnessy. It's a lot you like of names. Those, you like those names? Because yeah. I never heard any of them. That's the point. And to me, I feel like the pack, like, yes, it affects the Packers. They might have to take one twelfth overall. Mm-hmm. The Patriots are like, shit, we might have to trade up. They're not going to trade up. They can't. They, they don't trade up. It's the Patriots. But if one of them mm-hmm. is there later on, I could see yeah. them trading up for mm-hmm. one. But they might not be able to take one at yeah. 32, either Fant or Hawkinson, because now with Gronk retiring, I could see a team like Jacksonville or the Lions going, mm. shoot, I expected one of these guys to fall to the second round and us to take them. It's not going to be here at the or second just round. For Let's them. take them. I think the fact of Gronk retiring is making everybody have the rose-colored glasses. Not that he's not amazing. He's a mm-hmm. Hall of Famer. But for everyone to go, oh, yeah, Gronkowski is amazing. We want to get one of those. The other thing, too, mm-hmm. though, it would be a very Patriot. It's it just it's too obvious of a thing, I feel like, for the mm-hmm. Patriots to go, Gronkowski retires, we draft a tight end. Yeah, It feels too obvious. So I actually kind of think there's a part of me that says Bill Belichick doesn't play that way. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick will still say, no, we'll just trade back. They could both be available, mm-hmm. and Bill Bill Belichick could say, "No, we'll trade back," uh, because that's the thing they do. They might just pick something else. And part of that too is Rob Gronkowski was nothing really, uh, you know, before he was getting the ball thrown to him by Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that he had really another option. Uh, and how many wide receivers have been nothing before Tom Brady threw them the ball and they played in Bill Belichick's system? Mm-hmm. If any team can turn a no-name tight end into a great tight end, it's going to be the Patriots. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying that's the case with Rob Gronkowski. I don't want to make anybody angry. Um, but they can turn somebody into a Rob Gronkowski light pretty easily. Question for you. Mm-hmm. I know he's come out and said no um, because the Patriots traded for um, Michael Bennett, brother to Martellus Bennett, I know mm-hmm. a week ago. Martellus Bennett said, nope, I'm not coming out of retirement. The exact was, I would love to play ball with my brother. It would truly be a dream come true. But my biggest dream is to change lives with my creativity, and that is what I'm currently doing. Is there, what is he currently doing? I don't know. Okay. Um, is there currently <clears throat> a chance that the Patriots may say, hey, Gronk's not here. Are you sure you don't want to play with your I brother? I think they could. Is that no. now a opportunity for him to change his mind and say, you know what, I, will I wouldn't come be back surprised if they brother. were saying, hey, we can offer you a little bit more money now or something Gronk, like that. Because now Gronk's retired, and, and I think that in addition to that too, I don't trust anything that a Martellus Bennett is going to tell me. Uh, I don't trust a anything Mar- either, Bennett. Brother will say. I was going to say, I think that's what you meant yeah. to say. A Bennett, not a Martellus Bennett. But I don't trust anything that Martellus Bennett tells yeah. me either, especially. But it, for, for both of them, I don't really trust. If they mm-hmm. tell me I'm retiring, that's Brett Favre to me. Yeah. Of I just don't want to play in, in <laughs> training camp. Uh, the other side of it, too, is let's remember Martellus Bennett's the guy who told the Patriots, oh, no, I'm too hurt to play. I couldn't possibly go out onto the field and play right mm-hmm. now. Uh, oh, you guys are going to cut me? Cool, I'll play over here. Yeah. You know, like he just wanted to be off that team. Mm-hmm. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he does come out. Where do you think now Noah Fant and Hawkinson go? Because of this, and what team I, do you think they'll they'll? I easily get could see by? Patriots and or I'm sorry, Packers and Raiders both mm-hmm. jumping on it. Makes sense to me. I don't know about number twelve overall for the Packers. 
that that would be a tough one. Um, it's not impossible, but I can definitely see it. Just depends I still on who's think there. the team that we're kind of missing in the discussion is the team I had them going with uh, for for Noah Fant was 19 overall or 18 overall. Mm-hmm. Um, the Titans. The Titans. Titans need one. Vikings could take one, although I don't see them going with tight end in the first round. Vikings need to finally draft an offensive lineman yeah. at some point. I don't know. Maybe you want to protect Dude, some There stuff. was, I think it was in Mel Kuyper. He had Jonah mm. Williams fall to us, and I was like, I'll take Dream it. Dream come true. I don't think it'll happen, but yeah. I'll take it. Maybe he'll have a uh, a bong picture come out, too. Yeah. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> or maybe there'll be a, like a story of him with a gun or something or mm-hmm. something. Uh, something, I'm telling you, something's going to come out about somebody the day of the draft, and somebody's fallen because we've had it the last well, yeah, few years. It's effective. And we all know that the and people— it's going to be a top 10 pick. Well, we all know the people finding these things are the teams themselves. Mm-hmm. They're putting the dirt out there because yeah. they want the player. Mm-hmm. And they want to It's like have they want him people. to fall to us. Yeah, exactly. That's why they do it. It's It's easy. Mm-hmm. You just put something out there at the last minute and hope that he falls all the way to 10, 12, whatever it might I be. Just, the thing with the Packers, now that I'm looking at it, I think that this, mm-hmm. and by this meaning Gronk's retirement, I think there's a really good chance they do take a tight end at 12. It would work. Um, because I know BPA is still an option, but if I'm looking Someone at— Someone say that is BPA. If I'm looking at their needs, the first one is tight end, which— that's what I would have them draft. Then if I go off of my mock draft, which obviously is going to change by the time in a couple weeks when we get to the 6.0, but the next offensive tackle I would have is Juwan Taylor, who went 13. Um, I would take Noah Fant over Juwan Taylor if I was really needing a tight end. Then safety, inside linebacker, and wide receiver. I'm not taking a safety that high. Inside linebacker is interesting because if Devin White falls to them, I would easily take Devin White. Noah Fant would not even be an option for me. Um, Devin White could be there. Even Devin Bush could be there, both inside linebackers. And then wide receiver. Do you like a Marquise Hollywood Brown? Do you like a DK Metcalf? Is he there at that point? Has he fallen? So, I mean, there's some stuff to where the Packers don't have to go tight end, but... If the right players are off the board, like a Devin White or a DK Metcalf, I could see the Packers at 12 going, hey, for us, we need that tight end. We were we are not good unless Aaron Rodgers has weapons to throw to, and Noah Fant would be a hell of a weapon for even you know what? I, I keep saying Noah Fant, Fant or Hawkinson to the Packers would be good. Just somebody to soak up some receptions at the tight end position for Aaron Rodgers this season because they got a tough test week one. They're going to play the Bears first game of the season, and it ain't going to be like that matchup we saw on Sunday Night Football last year because guess what? Khalil Mack is now used to playing on that Bear team, and it's not his first day in a Bear uniform. Yeah, and the Packers loaded up on defense and free agency. Mm -hmm. And last year in the draft, taking the two corners. They can go ahead and say, all right, we're ready to give Aaron Rodgers some weapons, mm-hmm. uh, and they kind of need to. So I definitely think that these tight ends for sure are going to be, you know, first-round draft picks. Uh, 
I don't really buy the top ten thing right now, mm-hmm. um, but I do. I definitely think in those teens they easily could go. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of teams because just to look at, and I'm not saying mm-hmm. these teams are definitely going to draft a tight end, but there's a lot of teams that need a tight end. The Cardinals need a tight end. The Jets have it in their top five needs. The Raiders have it in their top three. Um, Jags in top three, Lions in top five, the Bills have it, the Broncos have it, the Bengals have it, the Packers have it, the, hmm, we're going down a little bit, the Vikings have it, Titans have it. There's a lot of teams that have tight ends. The Texans, the, I'm just going to go through them all, the Texans, the Packers again, and then the Patriots. There's a lot of teams that need a tight end. The one guy I want to bring up here at the end, though, because it's Hawkinson. Let's say Hawkinson and Fant mm-hmm. go early. Is there a chance that a Smith Jr., an Irv Smith Jr. from Alabama can sneak into the first round no. now if Fant and Hawkinson go too early? We're not going to have three tight ends go in the first round. It's not going to There's a lot of people. And mock drafts are mock drafts for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of people kind of like, oh, Hawkinson and Fant are gone. He sneaks in at 32 to the Patriots. Teams don't do that. They don't go purely off of, all right, we got to go to the third best tight mm-hmm. end who's probably number 100 on the big board uh, just because we need a tight end. I, There's going to be, if you're number 32 overall, mm-hmm. in theory, there should be players who are in the 25 to 30 range at least mm-hmm. in the big board that are available because somebody reached. And the draftnetwork.com has Irv Smith as a three out of five star draft prospect. Yeah. So I'll just mean, let that sink in. Well, I think it's interesting, though, only because mm-hmm. I'm not saying I would do it if I'm the Patriots, but I could see it happening. He's not an explosive tight end. He's more of mm-hmm. a route runner. But how much air and the Patriots, of course, are not a team of like, we got to do this. They kind of yeah. do what they believe BPA. in. They go with their gut. I will say the Patriots, like I mentioned earlier, how they might not be trading because they need a tight end. Well, if both of them are gone, I could see if the Giants called, they would say, well, there's nothing for us here. Yes, I still think there's a good deal. chance they just don't draft a tight end and they draft something else. Mm-hmm. It's the Patriots. They do what they want. You can't try and predict what they do. Because right now there are, and of course Tankathon is different than everyone else, there are, what, f- six tight ends that they have listed? Um, TJ Hawkinson's at 18 on their big board. Noah Fant, number two, he's the 24th overall. Irv Smith is the 39th. He's at number three. Caden Smith out of Stanford, 85. Jay Sternberger, the 86th out of Texas A&M. And then Caleb Wilson, the tight end out of UCLA, is the last-ranked tight end at 92. Any final thoughts on this at all? There's something you think we didn't touch about with any of these teams or any of these prospects. I would be shocked if three tight ends go in the first round. If both Smith, Hawkinson, and Fant all went. It doesn't matter who they are. I'll be shocked if three three go in the first round. I could see it happening only if Fant and Hawkinson go so high in the Patriots really fall in love with This draft would forever be used as the reason why you don't just draft a player because everybody wants the next Gronk Mm -hmm. or whoever. Because... The odds are two of these guys fizzle into nothing at least. I mean, maybe. There was such high prospect or such high praise for Eric Ebron. Mm-hmm. And Eric Ebron has been on to, what, four teams, three teams? He was good no, a little bit. Like, not really. I, I remember having him in fantasy one, one he year. He wasn't really that good. Let's see. Eric 
Ebron. I'm going to look up his He's on the Colts really now, right? Yeah I, yeah, I think I had him on the Colts for a week He did two. fine on the Colts. Um, the Colts has probably been his best place. So the Colts was his best place. His best year in Detroit was that 2016 season where he had 711, 711 yards, 11 yards per reception, but only had one touchdown that year. Bet he was worth that top 10 pick. Yeah, the most the most touchdowns he's ever had was with mm-hmm. Indy where he had 13 this past year. It's just one of those things. And it's not just picking on Eric Ebron. It's just, he was just the name that came to yeah, mind. People just get hyped about these type of things. It's just... Make a smarter choice. Don't mm-hmm. just go, oh, we really, really need to maybe get a Gronkowski, so we're going to go with the third best tight end in the first round. Let's see. I'm going through 2016 because um, these are guys that are still young, but the first tight end off the board that year, second round, Hunter Henry. There you go. Austin Hooper. Yet again, these are guys that are like not the next Gronk. Yep. Um, wow, there was not a lot of tight ends taken. In that draft. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think. Does Gronk's retirement play into the tight ends in their draft at all? Does it affect where Noah Fant goes? Does it affect where TJ Hawkinson goes? Does it move Irv Smith into the first round at all? Um, if you're Packers, Patriots, Raiders, Giants, anybody that were Lions, Jaguars that need a tight end, let us know what you guys think as well. Packer fans, I want to know how early would you take a tight end Patriot fans, would you move up in the first round to get a tight end after losing Gronk? I want to know what you guys are thinking down below in that comment section. And, Mark, let's move on into our next topic. And I totally forgot to do this in front of our second topic, so I'll do it in front of this one. Um, Make sure to check out the Onside Kick on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Really means the world for us, for you guys who go ahead and give us that five-star rating. It helps us get into the ear holes or into the ears of more people and helps more people get their eyes and ears on the podcast. So if you could go over there, give us a five-star rating. It really helps us out and to make sure that more people get to listen to our podcast each and every week that we put them out. But let's close out the podcast, Mark, talking about Greedy Williams. And the thing that I – the reason why I wanted to do this because up until the draft – I wanted to do a couple more of these best fit kind of a videos mm-hmm. for some of the top-ranked guys. And the reason why I chose Greedy was because... Because he's the best. Well, not just that. There's on Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft that came mm-hmm. out today, he had Greedy Williams at 29 to the Kansas City Chiefs. Just let that sink in. 29. I think that is criminally, criminally low. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a guy that I had. Let's see. I'm gonna. Do you think find... that that Mel Kiper asked Greedy Williams who <laughs> Greedy Williams thinks is the best corner in the draft? Because he'll say himself. I don't. Th- I don't think he asked him. He'll I say think he should ask. So I had him go nine to the Bills. Mm-hmm. You had him go eight to the Lions. Yep. Like that is exactly where both of us have him. No way falling out of the top ten, especially with how many of those teams in the top ten need a cornerback. Um, the first thing I want to ask you, because this the fact seems... that he's just an awesome player. Well, there's that. But, I mean, the thing I want to mm-hmm. ask you is there's everything awesome about him. The interceptions, the um, ability to kind of jump in front and anticipate routes to get big interceptions. One of the biggest things, and this kind of seems why Mel Kuyper knocked him down from top 10 all the way to 29. Like, I would get top 10 to 18 it's like, okay, that's a big jump, but I can understand it. Yeah. 
is his tackling. There's a lot of people that are like, well, you know, he's not going to be a great tackler, and he's not going to be have the willingness to tackle at the next level. He's not a top 10 player. If you're a GM, if you're a scout, if you're an owner of an NFL team, does that bother you at all when it comes to Greedy Williams? Does it bother you that one of his worst traits might mm-hmm. be his tackling? I mean, it depends on where you want to put it. There's a lot of cornerbacks out there whose worst trait is tackling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they still go out there every Sunday and they start. Um, for most corners, tackling probably isn't their strongest suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be more of those defenders. They're going to be more of the guys who play press coverage. They're going to be the guys who get interceptions. This is what you're getting out of a guy like Greedy Williams. If I'm sitting there with a team that's that knows more often than not, I'm going to have some safety help back there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to at least have one safety back there playing zone or just kind of my last line of defense. If I'm just going to always go man-on-man – and Greedy Williams is going to have to make that tackle, otherwise we're giving up a touchdown, mm-hmm. then sure, maybe I'm concerned, and maybe I pass on it. But the thing with Greedy Williams that I think about, too, is he's not falling to 29. Unless he's no. the player that has some big thing drop uh, mm-hmm. via Twitter or whatever. He's not falling to 29. That's ridiculous. Um, that's somebody just wanting to make a headline. But... I could see him maybe falling to like 10, 11, 12 or something like that if people are concerned. But still, with him potentially being top 10 player, most likely being a top 10 player, and plenty of people have him a top 5 player, the choices are going to be like, I don't know, uh, do I go with Montez Sweat, who's going to be one of the best uh, pass rushers, or do I go with the best cornerback? It's going to be such close options there. You're going to be in the top 10 of the big board mm-hmm. that you're not going to blame anybody for making any of the picks that they do. Yeah. So if the Lions are sitting there saying, I don't know, you know, maybe we don't want this tackle. Uh, I'm sorry, we don't want this guy who because we don't believe in his tackling ability. Well, Greedy Williams, he's going to be right around the same area as like a Devin White. Mm-hmm. And no one's going to blame you for taking a Devin White. No one's going to blame you for taking a Clellan Farrell or maybe an Ed Oliver. Mm-hmm. I might blame you for taking Ed Oliver over Greedy <laughs> Williams, but a lot of people won't. Mm-hmm. So you'll be okay. The other thing that I like about it is because there's a lot of people that are complaining about his his mouth. He talks. Mm-hmm. I made a joke about it. Did Mel Kuyper ask Greedy Williams who the best corner is? Because <laughs> I bet you Greedy Williams is going to say it's Greedy Williams because yeah, he's he, already done it. He has. Uh, like, he was asked at the pro day, and I watched the video mm-hmm. today, and, like, the reporter asks it, and he turns and goes, like, the face was like, Peach, did you really just ask that question? Yeah. Well, you I, asked that question to I me? love that. And he's got a, you know, pretty good answer. In two years, I got uh, what eight or seven? I think it was eight. Yeah, eight interceptions. And most of these guys are playing like four most years. Of these guys are playing four years and get like seven interceptions. No, you want to. I'm obviously me. better. Uh, and you know what? I think about a guy like Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. We love Jalen Ramsey. Now we maybe didn't love him as much this year because the team was bad. Yeah. Uh, or J- guy like Josh Norman. You know, uh, maybe like a Richard Sherman. These guys in the backfield mm-hmm. who can back up the talk. True. You can talk all you want as long as you back it up. Mm-hmm. Greedy Williams is that guy who backs it up. You know who I was thinking about today and, like, love or hate player comps? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about it in my head today. Of course, he's a little bit taller than this player. He's got the same kind of um, size weight-wise to him, though. 
if Greedy Williams is going to be a all-pro player and, like, top of his position, his ceiling to me is Darrell Rivas. Like, I was watching both their films it's not today. not a, uh, a bad ceiling to and have. And it's like, I was watching them, and it's like, they and they anticipate the ball and have the same kind of ball skills mm-hmm. on deep passes to where it's like, my cornerbacks, that's the number one thing I need from them is, can you shut a guy down? And, of course, year one, I'm not expecting Greedy Williams to step in, but eventually, like, Greedy Williams is the guy where... If I'm going to draft you, I want to mold you into my shutdown corner. The guy that, and I kind with me, I kind of like the cockiness a little bit because it's the same reason why I like Jalen Ramsey is because you kind of have to have that cockiness at the cornerback position. You don't want that cornerback going up, sizing up like Odell Beckham going, all right, woo-hoo. Praying Hope to God, let's see how this goes. Mm-hmm. I want the guy sizing him up, looking him right in the eyes, showing no fear. I don't care that you're OBJ. I'm going to shut you down. And I feel like Greedy Williams can be that guy. Now, the tackling thing is is interesting because, like, the bubble screens and the short passes, like, yes, if you throw a bubble screen and he catches it. But let's be honest. If, you're gonna, if I think you're going to throw a bubble screen – you know what I'm going to do with Greedy? And you know what Greedy's going to do? He'll play the line and he'll jump that bubble screen. You don't know how many times in his film I've seen, well, they're going to do a bubble screen pass. Boom, he's gotten in between it, catches the ball, and he's off to the races into the end zone. Like, that's the kind of ability that Greedy Williams has to where will he have to tackle a ton? Because, like, obviously you're going to have to tackle. It's football. But is he going to have to tackle a ton? Because if the wide receiver ain't catching it, he won't need to tackle him. Mm-hmm. There's always that. There's always that mindset to it as well. An interesting one because I think these players might end up getting kind of linked from the mm-hmm. draft, and and they come from the same college. Is Devin White? Yeah. Uh, and what he said much more reserved in his comments. Yeah, and what he said though, uh, this one I wouldn't say is that reserved. Mm-hmm. He says everything we said we're going to do, we did, except for him winning the Thorpe. Which I'm really biased about that because if he's going to be the top corner taken, why isn't he the Thorpe winner? And I know what he's saying is like, uh, if he's the best corner, he should have won it mm-hmm. in the sense of he's not necessarily blaming Greedy Williams. At least I'm not taking it that. I'm taking. He's saying Greedy Williams is the best corner, so give him this. Give him this award. He deserved it. He should have won it. Yeah. To be honest, though, but you never know. That's interesting, though. It's an interesting quote. You can take it the other way. You want to know who was the Thorpe winner this year? Mm-hmm. DeAndre Baker from Georgia. A guy yeah. that on some mock drafts has fallen completely yeah. out of the first round. It's been a while since I've had him on my first yeah. first round. And if you look at the last three, last year was Minka Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. who in our mocks had him pretty high. Yeah, love Minka. Dory Jackson in 2016 out of USC. Um, and then Desmond King in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, last two LSU players to win it, Morris Claiborne, who is an established pro or was an established pro in the league, um, and then a little guy called Patrick Peterson. I don't know if little you've guy. heard of him. I don't know if you've heard of Patrick mm-hmm. Peterson He's before. He's um, But he kind of has a point. Like, Eric Berry was a Thorpe winner. Um, and, of course, every year it doesn't work out like that. Like, for every Patrick Peterson you have every 
um, Gerald Haldman from Louisville. So it's not like it doesn't go always to the best corner draft-wise. It sometimes goes to who played the best that year. And people could say, no, Ricky, you're wrong. DeAndre Baker shouldn't have won it. Greedy Williams should have won it because DeAndre Baker only had two interceptions this year. That's insane for a Thorpe winner. But he had 31 tackles and was more of a tackler. Let's get into the real discussion of this. Give me a team that you think, if Greedy Williams is going to, that is the best fit for him, and that's where he should land this year in the draft. I'm going to put this one out there because I don't buy it is what I'm going to say. I don't buy that so the best, Matt Patricia is okay. going to is actually saying we're not going to draft Greedy Williams if he's mm-hmm. available. His whole, oh, I don't know, I really emphasize tackling and uh, you know, I really want that in a corner. No, I don't buy it. If Greedy Williams is there, the Lions are going to take him because the Lions need a cornerback. Mm-hmm. And Greedy Williams would be an excellent option against Aaron Rodgers, Mitchell Trubisky, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Uh because you want to know Darrell Rivas, mm-hmm. uh, played for New England for a year. I don't think Patricia was there in 2014, um, so I know they didn't overlap. But, yeah, I mean, it, Rivas, I'm not saying Rivas was as bad as a tackler as Greedy Williams because Rivas was pretty much a good tackler yeah. um, from what I saw. But, yeah, that is one where I was just like, I'm like, come on, man, really? Mm-hmm. Like really, you're gonna you're gonna say that like if Greedy Williams is there for the Lions, you're drafting him. I have a hard That's a time passing on that. Say, don't worry, you don't have to trade above us to go get him if you want him. He'll be available unless they really like one of those quarterbacks, man. Unless they the Lions really like one of those quarterback. quarterbacks. Um, like for me, for me, the only reason why I wouldn't see them go Greedy Williams mm-hmm. is for me. There's only two things that the Lions are gonna go with there. Do we want greedy on the on the outside? Do we want an edge rusher? That's where it goes with. And yeah. sometimes I value getting it's what do you want? Shutting down the wide receiver so he can't catch the ball or getting to the quarterback before he has the time to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Like it's just which yeah, it one depends do you on the way be? your team is built up and what you've exactly, already got. Exactly. Um what do you think though is his best fit? Like, because you say you don't believe they wouldn't draft him. That's mm-hmm. not his best fit, though. Like, is that the best fit I think for Greedy Williams? Oh, I think that's a good fit, and I think it's the team that needs him the most. Mm-hmm. I do think that the Raiders are a really good fit for him, though, too. Mm-hmm. And I think the attitude going to Las Vegas would be awesome. Yeah. That would be a really good place. And he kind of fits in with that. He kind gets, of... Yeah, he gets to go out there, and you know who he gets to chirp at? Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He can kind of chirp at him when he wants. He's going to he have some. Eventually, the the Broncos are going to draft a quarterback, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but he's got Phillip Rivers there he can bark at. He's going to have the ability to go to a place that wants an attitude with John Gruden, mm-hmm. a guy who's not going to be upset if he's talking some smack. Mm-hmm. I think that not only is it just the team, and people are going to say, "Yeah, but they really need a you know they need a pass rusher." Yes, but they also need a cornerback, and here's a really good one. Mm-hmm. And there are good pass rushers later in the draft. You can get one of those as well. But it's also the fact that number four. I still don't buy that the Cardinals are going to go ahead and draft the Kyler Murray. So if Nick Bosa and Josh Allen are already gone, mm-hmm. maybe you go with Montez Sweat, but maybe you also just say, that's fine, we'll take Reed. The Raiders are an interesting team for me because I have them. I have a few teams pulled up, mm-hmm. and the Raiders are one of them. 
Um, but that would be interesting, though, because then you would potentially have a two-corner set. So their top two corners eventually would be Jerron Cloney, mm-hmm. who they took, um, or Clowney, I think it's Clooney, the Ohio State um, cornerback that they took two years ago in 2017. Only played two games in 2017, played 15 games this past year, um, and interception-wise only had three picks. Um, but he's really impressing Yeah, with the Raiders right now. But that defense just wasn't good in general, yeah, too. Yeah, you would have him and... Greedy Williams out there, which would kind of be an interesting mm-hmm. kind of quarterback field. My only question with that is, yet again, what's going to happen with all these smoke screens with trading and stuff? And the thing that I worry about with Greedy is he, obviously first over, like first cornerback off the board. You want that guy to become your number one cornerback. And I wonder if, for right now, do you need an established veteran to be playing alongside him? Or can he, in year one, be a guy that, hey, you're playing against a, or you're playing with a second, third year pro, or on a team that's like, hey, you're our guy already from day one? Like, can he work that way? Does he need an established veteran? I don't really know where I stand on that. He doesn't need a veteran. He's a number one guy. I'm kind of like eventually, Mm -hmm. but day one. But the year day like Mm. year one, does he need someone next to him to kind of acclimate him to the NFL? If he says he's the best, and you're going to (laughs) draft and believe in he's the best, you're not sitting there going, Mm -hmm. "You got to learn from this veteran over here." No, you're drafting the guy to go out there and play. I'm not saying learn from the veteran. Mm -hmm. I'm saying. Number one guy, meaning like if you're the number one guy, for example, yeah, he's gonna know, follow Odell around the field. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Is he that guy? Yes. Day one. Yes. He's the best corner in this draft. He's a okay. walking into the NFL. He's a better corner than half the teams have. True. I just with me, mm-hmm. and that's why would it help to have a really good corner on the other side? Yeah, it and sure that, would. But. And that's why for me, my best fit. Mm-hmm. Is a team that probably will not draft him as well because they will probably go quarterback with the pick that they would take him. Mm -hmm. I like the New York Giants because I look at their backfield right now, and at the right side, they have Janoris Jenkins. They can kind of lean, like, they can Mm -hmm. lean on Janoris if they need to, and having Janoris and Greedy out there, I think would be a nice pairing because it gives you an established vet. It gives you a rookie with a lot to grow on and a guy who can shut down to where the Giants then could. And, of course, Greedy, not saying he would step in day one and be the finished product. He's got growing to do. But you could virtually have two guys where it's like, hey, you have two top receivers. Don't matter. Like, it doesn't matter which one they're on. Plus, if you have that to me, Janoris and Greedy – I wouldn't have to switch at all. It wouldn't be a, well, Odell's now on this side of the field, so Greedy's now got to go from left to right. It can basically be Greedy's on this side, Janoris is on this side. It doesn't matter which wide receiver you put where. We have a corner that's going to match up with your top guy no matter which side of the field he's on. Yeah. I I think that Greedy Williams, top 10 pick without a doubt, Mm-hmm. Very good chance he's a top five 
Who's another team you can see him fitting with? A team that it, it won't happen, mm-hmm. or because there's just no way. Or, or it's could the happen. Cardinals. Okay, I would. I the Cardinals would be an awesome the, fit. The LSU connection of yeah. Patrick Peterson and Greedy Williams, but it's also generations just, divided. It's also just the fact that you have one of the best mm-hmm. defensive backs, and you put another one of the best defensive backs. Uh, especially, you know, you you lost the Honey Badger; he's gone. Mm-hmm. So here's a nice addition to have. The problem for the Cardinals is unless they're trading back with like the Giants, they don't stand a chance. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of the only reason I'm willing to even say it because there is a chance they trade back. Because like I said, don't buy the Kyler Murray connection with Cliff Kingsbury even saying that you know Rosen's going, he's ready to go out there and prove himself this year, um, and that he fits the offense. I'm not willing to say they'll draft a quarterback. I think that some teams might be willing to trade up. Mm-hmm. Number one overall, I don't know. That might be a little high. Yeah. But still. I mean, the the Cardinals, I think, would like I've taken them off just because I don't think they're gonna move from number one. And I don't see Greed. Like if they go number one, it's either Kyler Murray, Nick Nick Bosa. Those are the two that you go with. I got an interesting one here. And just to kind of look really quick, where are my defensive backs? Okay. So I'm going to throw out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers also. And the reason why I am throwing out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is who's now the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mark? Refresh everyone's memory in case they forgot Bruce who just got hired. And Bruce I, I, I'm going to even admit, I had to think about it for a second. I was like, wait a minute, who did go there? Oh, Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians. When Bruce mm-hmm. Arians, his best two years with the Cardinals, his top two tight or his top two cornerbacks were Patrick Peterson and Justin Butel. Who at that time, let's see, age wise, are, are they close in age? I don't even. So 28, 28. So they are exactly the same age. Tampa Bay already has a corner. Although he's not a fresh like we drafted him last year, they have Vernon Hargraves out there. I think this could be a good move for them of like, hey, Chris Conti's gone. That was a bad move. Why did we sure ever have him on the team? Um, it's not like anything in Chicago proved to you that he should be on a football team. Um, but we have Vernon Hargraves out there. Let's go get greedy to get our two guys. Like, and that's that's to me where I'm kind mm-hmm. of focusing on is like you if, want two guys. Yeah, if I'm a team that doesn't have any corners. I might shy away from Greedy. The only reason why is because with this draft how it is, all these teams in the top 10 have so many needs to where if I don't have another guy opposite him, I might be like, well, you know what? Let's go get this need and worry about corner later. Whereas like a team like Tampa, and of course this is also mm-hmm. best fits as well. Um where the best fits for him are going to be, hey, I've got someone to rely on on the opposite side. That's going to take pressure off of me to where I can just, like, because Greedy Williams, I think, will be at his best when he can just go out there and ball. When he doesn't have to worry about too much, you're not putting too much pressure on him. You just got to, like, hey, Greedy, go lock this guy down. All right, coach. And he'll he'll go ahead and do it. Um but like other teams like 
Buffalo could take him. I don't really know if I like that fit because, of course, they have Tredavious White, um, which could work. I know they've got, like, Micah Hyde at safety to help out, but, like, I don't know if I really like that. They would probably be a third team to me. Detroit's a team. Of course, they got Darius Slay, um, but, like, you mentioned the whole thing of is Pat is Patricia honest when he says he's not going to take him? Wouldn't say he's not going to take screen? him. Of, like, wouldn't look at a cornerback, though, um, that wouldn't tackle. That's not necessarily what he's saying. He's just saying that tackling is one of his primary things he looks for. Which tells me, hey, yeah. I might shy away from greedy and yeah. go after a different Yeah, I just, I just don't want people to think that he said he's not drafting him. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I had Tampa Bay, Oakland. And mm-hmm. here's an interesting one. I'll throw this out there. Should the Jets, if the Jets trade nope. back— should they oh, look if they at trade him? back, sure. Not at three. At yeah. three, you're going Quinn and Williams or Josh Allen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if they trade back and find someone, if they trade with could like the Greedy Giants, be a good one. Sure. That'd be fine if he's there. Mm-hmm. I don't even know there's a guarantee he's going to be there though, because I still True. think that the Raiders are a really good fit, and like you said, the, the Buccaneers Raiders are a good Bucks fit. Could both snag him up. Um, but yeah, if he's there at six and he's mm-hmm. manages to squeeze by Raiders and Bucks, yeah. Go for it. Yeah, see, and that's the whole reason why— Jets are an up-and-coming team, too. It's a good spot. And that's the whole reason why when I looked at Mel Kuyper's draft, I kind of had to laugh at him being at 29. Mm -hmm. Because with so many cornerback-needy teams in the first 10 picks, you're telling me he's going to fall— out of all of them? And out of a position that there's always multiple ones going in the first round. You're mm-hmm. really saying that the the best isn't going to go to 29? But, you know, let's be honest. We all know it. This is the mock draft time where mm-hmm. a lot of people are just— Shock I got awe. Yeah, I just got to make a headline. Mm-hmm. Or it's the other time of, you know, this these GMs are saying weird things now So uh, because they're trying to use the smoke screen and they yep. use these mock drafts to do it. Uh they, they play know, right into it because they know how much we love them. It's a it's you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You give me a good tip later on, mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and deal with this smoke screen for you right now. I'll yeah. I'll wink and nod that. Oh yeah, I really believe that you're not going to take Greedy Williams. Sure, yeah. Just make sure you give me a good one in uh, like week five when you're ready to bench your quarterback or something. You know, it makes me kind of giggle. Hmm. So. For the Raiders via the Bears pick, mm. they've got the Bears' needs down. You know what the number one need is for the Bears? What's that? Kicker. Yeah. Kicker. I mean, it is. Kicker is the number one need because, I mean, who's what's the guy's name that you just picked up? Doesn't he have it's a funny name? Blew it. Oh, yeah, yeah blew it. Or as Matt Nagy said uh, in a press conference today, it's French, so it's Blue A. Blue A. We're not going to say Blue It. Like, we don't want that anywhere. And he was joking. It's, his name Blue It. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, on, the Bears were a kick away mm-hmm. from being able to go on into the playoffs even further. Yeah. I mean, I just, I look at that and it mm-hmm. just makes me giggle. Um, any final thoughts you think we missed on Greedy? Any team? Just got to ask Greedy. Yeah. He's I'm, the best. I'm going to say my best two are the Giants and the Bucks are my mm-hmm. best fits. Who would you just definitively Raiders. hear at the end? That's Raiders the are the best one? fit. Just the Raiders. Well, best equals one. True. I'm going to say if I mm-hmm. had to pick one, I'm going to go with 
Tampa Bay. And the reason why is they're a little bit younger and the Giants, they have so much to worry about, about drafting a quarterback. Apparently the Bucks have their quarterback, which I am not sold on in general. But thank you guys for checking out the podcast. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section about Greedy Williams. Where does he fit best? How do you see him transferring over? Um, and are you concerned about his tackling um, negatives coming out um, in these mock drafts and news sources. Make sure to hit us up on Patreon, patreon.com backslash most valid podcast. That's how you support us. Make sure we can do this for a living. That is the goal, and that's what we all want. We can't do it without your help, and thank you to all the um, MVP nation, real MVPs that have jumped over and support us on Patreon right now. Make sure to go on to Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Please rate and review the Onside Kick and all the other MVP podcasts. Those five-star ratings really mean the world to us, and they help us get the podcast in front of more people. The higher rate of the podcast, the more likely iTunes is to promote us and get us in front of more people's faces on their phones and in their ears. Then last but not least, follow us on Twitter. At the Mark Weber with two E's, at Ricky Widmer, at Most Valuable Pod is Most Valuable Podcast. Want to thank you guys for watching on YouTube. Thank you guys for listening on podcast services around the world. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 